So I'm really excited that the Tons are here with us today and on Thursday. And when I first got here, one of the things that I, I, I really valued, and I almost tried to talk my way out of the position here, is that I really believed in um, supporting local minist- missionaries and, re- and really incorporating them I- into the body. And, and I, I remember that the church said, well, we have one, and we support them at $25 a month. And the neat thing about the Tons is that Christy, as I won't say what decade it was, but years ago the church used to be behind Fat Ivers. And, and then Christy was a child in the church. And she sort of grew up during her high school years in this church. And they said, well, we still support this, this one family who, who is a part of this church. And to me, it was super cool in the restarting process of sort of the legacy of this church, which started many, many years ago, had almost sort of gone under. And then as we came to life to see, like just having um, this missionary family that ties back to then has always been really special to me. I came here in May of 2007. It was in June of 2007 that they happened to be in the country getting ready to go to Beijing, getting ready for the Olympics. We had coffee and talked, and I was just, you know, super encouraged that there was this, this, this missionary family that we could connect with. And now, you know, I've talked through all of our missionaries. I didn't include Alternatives Women's Center locally, but that, that we have many missionaries now, and, it, you know, they make up at least 10% of our budget for um, our partnership, which is just been a super huge blessing to me. And so I'm going to stop talking. You guys hear from me all the time. And Christy and Alex are going to come up and go through. You, you guys You guys have plenty of time. You have plenty to share. Come on, Alex. Come on. You're not good. <laughs> There's two microphones. You guys are fine on time. You're good. You're, you're just do the same thing you did last service. So we have. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, in the back room. Okay. Um, th- this is this church, this fellowship anyway, not this building, but is a part of my history, a big part of my history. And, um, my family, uh, made the move when after my seventh grade year from upstate New York to Southern California, let me talk, tell you about a culture shock. (laughs) I, you know, we didn't know how to dress, how to talk. I went to school the first day of eighth grade at the Valley center school over here. And I had a nice dress because in my school back there, public school, we had to wear dresses. And I realized that the the uniform, as it were, were cords and a hang ten T-shirt. That's what everybody, boys and girls, were wearing. I'm going, I don't have the right clothes, you know. But the Lord, little by little, led us. Um, my parents were looking for a house to rent at the time. Matt's grandpa, Pastor Farrington, was working part time as a realtor. Showed us a couple houses, and at the same time said, "By the way, if you need a church to attend," and we did, and. And from then on, that was my church home, and it really made a big difference in my adjustment to uh, from you know foreign land of upstate New York to Southern California, and and uh, Ruth's younger sister and Lloyd Beth's son and and Matt's mommy, we, they were my friends. They were my youth group. We were they were the ones that helped me transition here, and I'm so thankful for that in the history. Um, <clears throat> it was um, several years after that that I had the chance to. Uh, go to the Philippines after a couple other short-term missions and met Alex. Alex was born and raised in Manila. He's of Chinese descent, but uh, lived all his life in Manila. He was a professional basketball player at the time. I was just working with Bible studies and Bible schools, and we met. And Anyway, that's a whole other story. But um, the Lord has had us for 17 years, first in Taiwan, 
doing sports ministry all the time. We're with a group called One Challenge International, but a branch of it is called Sports Ambassadors. Um, I'm not an athlete, never have been, never w- will be. My three kids are, my husband is, so I'm kind of a, you know, trapped in this family, but we do okay. <laughs> I tell people, uh, he does all the work and I talk about it and write about it because th- those are the things I'm good at. So uh, mainly I'm going to be talking because I go faster than he does. Um, so 1990 to 2007, we were in Taiwan, uh, right before the Olympics in Beijing in the, that happened in 2008. There were a bunch of organizations that wanted to do outreach connected to the Olympics in China, and none of them had sports background. So they said, you know what, I think we need you to move here. So we moved uh, in 2007, stayed there for five years, and then just about a year ago moved from Manila to uh, back to, no, moved, got it backwards, moved from Beijing back to Manila. So kind of going home, but not really, because it had been 25 years since we had left. Um, but we're going to take you through kind of a whirlwind tour. Wait, I want to interrupt myself because I forgot the first session to say, we are so thankful for this church. Not only the support that goes every month in, in a dollar form, but also the prayer and encouragement we get Facebook updates from Anna and Pastor Gunner every once in a while. We feel connected to the church. And then I want to tell you about the packages. I tell you what, um, this is probably the smallest church that supports us, but the biggest in terms of love in packages in that kind of, in that sense. I, Pastor Gunner wrote me and said, what kinds of things would, would you enjoy, would bless your family? So I wrote this whole list. And then I think we did it through Facebook or I don't know if it was an email, but I went back and looked at it. I said, wow, it looks like an awfully big demand list. So I said, I meant to put an or in between each of those, you know, a couple months later, we opened these packages and everything that we had put on there was, was in those packages. I tell you, I I took pictures and then I always forgot to send them to you. You know, Lissy pulling out her macaroni and cheese and Elliot, Elliot, our son is a big coffee drinker as, as we are. And coffee's hard to come by. So coffee, yeah. Uh, I tell you, chocolate, mixed nuts for Alex. We got some of summer sauce. I mean, just the taste of home was really a fun blessing. Of course, you can live without it, but it's really a sense of connectedness. And so we thank you for those packages. That was an aside. You know, I forgot in first service to say it. But let's turn on the slideshow thing, and we'll kind of take you through a whirlwind view of our last year in Manila. We, we did move June 30th from Manila to I keep saying that, from Beijing to Manila. Um, But here we go. One of the first things we needed to do, go ahead and turn the slide, was find a place to live. Um, The Philippines is a beautiful place, 7,000 islands. So as you might guess, there are a lot of beaches there. Uh, Go ahead and go to the next one. So um, do we live in a place like this? Well, we would love to, but we don't. We live in a city. But um, this was a place our team went on retreat once. But there's a lot of Nice places for vacation. So as Pastor Gunner said, anytime you want to come and do maybe a mission slash vacation trip, we welcome you to come. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Do we live there? No. Do we live here? This is just kind of a reminder that we did spend five years in Beijing. This is a famous scene from Beijing. Um, Our focus is still Chinese people, Chinese churches, but no, we do do not any longer live in China. Go ahead. Do we live here? And um, we're very thankful to say that we don't. Uh, Philippines is a land of contrast, the beautiful and the ugly, the gray and the green, the rich and the poor. You'll see them all side by side. And this is actually a home, like many people live in, 
very near to where we live. We call them squatters or informal settlers, the government calls them. They'll come from the provincial areas, don't have a place to stay, so they find a river and a flat piece of ground and put up some corrugated metal and some whatever else they can find and live. So thank the Lord we don't live there. Go ahead. Nor do we live here. I wish, he said on on the slide. Um, This is also in the neighborhood that we live in. We live in a outside the city of Mill, kind of as Valley Center is to Escondido, a little bit out and up, up a little higher. We walk by, I take a walk every morning. I walk by this house every day as I do walk by the other one. They're about 200 meters apart. Um, so there's, you can see side by side the wealth and the poverty. Go ahead. We prayed and looked for a house for a long time and ended up in Candyland, as Alex calls it. Um, I really still don't understand why the landlady painted it green with pink bars, but this is the house we live in now. We're thankful for it. It had a lot of problems, and they're getting fixed one by one. But we had sent request after request for people to pray for a house and a car for us, and this is what the Lord has given us, and we're very thankful. Why the Philippines? Why did we leave? If we're still focused on Chinese people, why did we move from the Philippines, from China to the Philippines? Here we go. A development of innovative sports ministry. Um, do you want to uh, take expand. that part? Okay. One of the things that uh, was in my heart is to how does how how can you plant church with sports? And that is a very innovative idea. How can a, a sports be able to plant churches? And over the years, I have been trying to dream about that because we, in the last twenty years, I have. Uh, plant churches using sports uh, in Taiwan, Malaysia, Philippines. Of course, it started in Philippines. But this one, we want to create a national movement. So I have uh, discovered a, a, an excellent book that talks about T for T. It's a training for training. And it's a church planting methodology. And you could actually plant a church in three months. And so... Uh, with sports and this church planting, and we said, let's let's do that and combine that together. Okay, go to the next one. To motivate and mobilize churches towards sports ministry, um, as you might grasp, sports ministry is kind of old news here in the U.S., but it's new in Asia. That to, to think about basketball or soccer or ping pong or whatever, having anything to do with church growth, discipleship, is kind of hard for pastors over there to, to understand, but we want to promote it as a, as a movement, not only in the Philippines, but also later uh, expanding into China, back into China. Go ahead. To encourage Chinese churches towards China ministry. Um, as I said, Alex is ethnically Chinese, grew up in the Philippines. They maintain, there's a, a significant minority, 8 to 10% of the population are Chinese, and they keep themselves Chinese schools, Chinese churches, so they kind of stay separate. Um, but and they're very generous. Chinese churches love to give money, but don't often send their people, their sons and their daughters. That's one of the challenges we have for them. Go beyond giving your your pesos there. Not do- I was going to say dollars, but they give pesos and send your sons and daughters. And we want to encourage them to look back to China and think about sending teachers and sports people and nurses and doctors into China for ministry. To develop Manila as a base for training mainland Chinese leaders, uh, one of the things Alex encountered was he'd hold training ses- sessions for Chinese church leaders in China, and they'd love the ideas, they'd try to grasp them, but every time they'd set up a program, uh, the local 
PSB, a Public Security Bureau, would, would kind of shut them down. They tried to do a kids game. They'd try to do a, a, a teen basketball clinic. They'd try to do something or other. And um, it, we just had a sense that maybe now is not quite the time for China to do on-site training. So what we want to do in cooperating with several other mission groups, bring groups of leaders out from China to Manila, live for several months, get intensive training, um, in, in sports ministry as well as other topics, and then send them back to their locations. Throughout, we, we get students from every province of China and send them back so that they can start putting into practice the things that they've learned in the Philippines, which is a very free context. They can do, we can stand on a street corner and preach if we want to, but we have no restraints in the Philippines, so we can let them see ministry modeled and then take it back to uh, apply to their own context. Okay? And then to mobilize church leaders for deployment overseas um, to help the Philippine church as they are growing in an awareness that it's, it's no longer time to just receive. It's time for them to get up and go and send their own people to all sorts of places all over the world, including China. Okay, go to the next one. Uh, this is an example of Alex leading. A, these are all mainlanders. They, they're young mainland church leaders that have been sent to the Philippines. They're living with some friends who are OMF missionaries for three months um, in their home, getting intensive training. And he went and did a day of sports and recreation ministry, helping them play games and see how those games can actually teach lessons and be used to attract people and communicate truth that maybe you can't go out and preach on the corner, but you can communicate truth. And then they go ahead to the next one. Then they have times later to do debrief. These are all the same people. They all are from mainland China, different provinces, and he teaches them the principles of sports ministry and recreation ministry and then how to use it and apply it in their own context. Okay? Uh, In 1983, 84, um, in fact, you were born that year, weren't you, 83? I got a picture... I got a picture from Jan of Matt. Well, I can remember getting the letter. We didn't get letters very much in China, and I, I, I lived in China for a year, and I got the, his baby picture in October. See what a good memory I have? Um, I had a chance to teach in a central city in China, Henan province in Kaifeng City. These two were my students. They now are professors in the, universe, the same university. I had a chance to go back and visit them after 30 years last September. And uh, we hope to continue these, this connection and maybe start bringing some of those groups of Philippine uh, church leaders out to China to do various things, English camps and various things. So that was a fun um, bit of history for me. Go ahead. This is the lady that uh, was assigned to take care of us and watch us. At that time, the government was very tight with foreigners in China. And so we actually developed a very close relationship, even though her main job was to watch us and report to the the school authorities what we were doing. But she's still alive, and we had a great time reconnecting last September. Uh, Traditionally, sports ministry is thought of a, a foreign team from Canada, U.S., Australia, going to another country, playing games, sharing testimony, and then taking off. You know, it's it's a viable ministry, but we feel like it's not enough. We had a team come from Northwest Bible College in Minnesota last, just May, just this past month, and they did the traditional type of ministry where they'd play a game and then go on to share a testimony and sing some songs and then go on to the next slide. But we combined it with Um, In the mornings, they'd have sports clinics. They'd invite all the kids from the neighborhood to come and learn basketball skills. And then go ahead to the next one. This one, one, there's a lot, like 200 kids came over. Yeah. 
They, they got to reach five municipalities, two days each. They were there for 10 days. And then um, half time through, they'd sit down in, in a small group. Each player, there were 15 players there, so they each got a little huddle of kids and would share more personally with the kids. Go ahead to the next one. This is kind of a more representative group. The, the area they went to was the northwestern part of Manila. It's very densely populated and very low income. So they had a chance to see some things, those big, tall most of them were Scandinavian of some sort. Boys, you know, uh, saw parts of life that they had never seen before. And it was the first time a group of Americans had come and worked and lived in that area for that they could remember. So they had a chance to rub shoulders with lots of people. And the basketball is a, a craze in the Philippines. So anytime there's a basketball team, they drew a crowd. Go ahead to the next one. These three guys up in the front are pastors. And um, the one um, thing that we always insist on is that we don't go in and just do a big splash ministry and then leave. It's always in conjunction with a local church. Or we actually had five local churches this time that participated. Oh, seven, excuse me. Um, and so these, these are pastors, also love basketball side-by-side working with our basketball players every day, and then they're going to be the ones that stay on. And and so here they're sharing the gospel and kind of carrying on the ministry in Tagalog, the language that most of the people speak there. Because some of the pastors here, they they love basketball, but they never thought basketball can be a tool for evangelism and discipleship. So I come in to teach how you can effectively use uh, a, a sports like basketball. Okay, go to the next one. After every game or every basketball clinic, there's uh, an opportunity to pass out a gospel tract. It explains the gospel in kind of basketball terminology. And then there's a tear-off part that anyone who's interested can fill up and indicate their interest in joining a, bi- a Bible study. These then were handed back to the local pastors so that as the team leaves, the ministry can continue. So these pastors now have made a commitment to contact people on every one of those sheets and invite them to join a Bible study that eventually will become a new church plant. Go to the next one. This young man was um, got stuck with a stomach trouble like Amer- Americans do sometimes when they travel overseas and was very uncomfortable running around. Alex thought he was looking for a bathroom, but it turned out he was looking for a translator. He got, I've got some boys that want to talk to me. They don't understand my English. So he finally grabbed this pastor who was there participating, sat down with three boys to explain. They had a gospel bracelet they were giving out to the kids. Um, and as they were talking, more and more came, and he ended up praying with a bunch of these kids to receive Christ because he was urgent that these kids needed to hear. Even though he felt sick, at first he wanted to just sit out, and he said, no, the Lord wants to use me today to share the gospel. So it was a great ministry for him. Uh, The conditions in Manila, as I said, a lot of contrast. This is also somewhere near where we live. Um, It's very difficult to watch the poverty day by day, and this is one of the, actually, you could pray for us about that, to have wisdom, to know how to respond to the things we see. Go to the next one. This is the area that they, this American team were working in. They call it, they themselves call it the city of thieves. Very densely populated, very low income, a lot of crime. And uh, this is, picture is taken from the third or fourth floor of a, a building that the church uses. And so their target, there's Five to 10,000 people in this small area just packed in, and so they really want to start different Bible study groups to spread the gospel. 
Go ahead. Um, another reality of life in Manila is pollution. We, we do live outside the city, so on our walk one morning, we took a shot of down into Manila City, and you can see the, the layer of pollution. Not that, too far from L.A., right? Yeah, kind of looks like L.A. Yeah, It is a, a bowl kind of like that, so it, it retains a lot of the, the um, pollution. Go ahead. Transport is a little different there. This is called a tricycle. It's just a motorcycle with a sidecar, and believe it or not, they fit eight passenger, eight paying passengers on those little things. Taking kids to and from school, they they can cram them in there. And that these are mostly ply the smaller side streets. And then go ahead to the next one. You've probably all heard of jeepneys. This is what what you can ride on the major thoroughfares. It's about five cents to take you from here to down the road a ways, and. That's how people travel for the most part. Go ahead. Another shot of the players rubbing shoulders with the kids in the, in the area that they were in. Then, as I said, contrast. We have the squatter poor areas, and then we have some amazingly developed uh, tech areas, downtown shopping areas, places with restaurants. The, the rich are getting richer, and unfortunately the poor are staying about the same. So it's, it's a challenge for the government to face and for us to watch as well. Go ahead. Some more time of interaction between... <laughs> Filipinos love to have their picture taken. But um, this is an uh, opportunity Alex had. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, this one is... Um, it, it kind of blow my mind about the Philippines is that uh, we did a outreach, uh, a sports camp, for three days sports camp uh, in April... And there were about 250 young people came. And then it was kind of organized by five or seven churches. And uh, at the end of the uh, camp, we have a kind of like an evangelistic night. And all the 250, 120, 150 kids uh, made the first time confession of faith and and salvation. And so we throw it back to the pastors, the, the seven pastors that came that brought the kids and said, how are you going to follow them up? Because they themselves were amazed at the outcome of it. And so two of the pastors said, oh, that's enough for, for us to see the kids became Christian. But the other five pastors said, no, you cannot. Well, how do you disciple them? How do you, how do you shepherd, I mean, pastor them, you know? Uh, and then so those two pastors said, oh, that's enough. Uh, so we, the other five pastors said, you need to come back. They asked me to come back in, in May, uh, early May. I went there for three days and gave a lot of training, and they got all their certificate, those certificate of training, level one, sports ministry. And so, uh, unfortunately, the two pastors' comment is kind of, uh, there's a lot of pastors in Manila says that too. And so we felt like hey, this is a ministry that we need to uh, uh, teach the churches. How do we disciple in a sports ministry context? Okay, let's go to the next one. Our family, um, we have a daughter who's 27. She lives and works in New York City. She came and visited us last week. We had a great time, and we'll go see her in a couple weeks. We'll spend a week with her. Uh, This is in Taiwan, the school that my two big kids grew up in during the years, our first years on the mission field. Go to the next picture. Our son, Elliot, is 24. He graduated from Biola two years ago and went right away to the Philippines and joined uh, the semi-pro basketball league and has uh, spent 
a year and a half doing that, and now he's praying for a contract in the pro leagues, kind of follow daddy's footsteps. So you could pray for that if you think of it. His name's Elliot. He's using whatever chance he has to share the gospel with teammates and give his testimony if a church asks him to come and do that. So he's there still now uh, living with us. Go ahead to the next. And this is our daughter, Alyssa, who's 15, just finished her freshman year of high school, um, made a great transition. We're so thankful. She did very well moving from Beijing to Manila, made some good friends, likes her her school, Faith Academy, and um, we're very thankful for the way that she's growing. Go ahead to the next. So our prayer request as we leave you here is uh, that T for T, the training for trainers and sports will become a national movement that many churches and pastors will see the value of using these two in combination to increase their outreach. Go ahead. And that church members will rise up to lead sports ministry, not depend on the, the paid pastor to do everything, but we'll see if they have a gifting in some area, some They like to play soccer, they like to play ping pong, or whatever they like to do, that they can use it also for outreach. And we hope to recruit three new leaders for full-time sports ministry. Um, As we said, our focus is still China and developing a ministry that can be translated back into China. But Alex is getting so many invitations to do teaching in the Philippines that we really want to train some Filipino young men and women to take on that part so he can continue to focus on the China aspect of our ministry. And that churches will be able to deploy more workers toward mission, that more and more we'll see that it's, it's time for them to send their own people out to do these, these kind of ministries. So that's it. Thank you. Thank you. You can turn all the lights on. Um, we've been working through Romans, and we're done. I just want to read a couple verses because we're a church, so we've got to read the Bible a little bit here. And uh, I had more time during the first service. It's one of my convictions. But in, in Romans chapter 1, verse 8, Paul, as he introduces himself, says this, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. For God, whom I, whom I serve in my spirit and the preaching of the gospel of his Son, is my witness as to how unceasingly I make mention of you, always in my prayers, making requests, If perhaps now, at last, by the will of God, I may succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart some spiritual gift to you, that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. And so this passage, when I kind of, when I realized that Rick was leaving and the tons were coming, I realized that I would have to kind of pause Romans. That's fine. But the thing that keep jumping out at me and looking at Romans and looking at Paul's writings, as we work our way through Romans, when we get to the last chapter, there's a bunch of names listed. Always in Paul's writing at the end, he says, greet so-and-so, greet so-and-so. So-and-so sends their greeting. In this case, Paul's writing to this church in Rome. He'd never met any of the people. And what... What is striking me today in, in this chapter of our church's life is, is that the church is about relationships and that God weaves us together, but then his spirit, he gives us a season and then he, he moves some of us, he brings others. And so as we're saying goodbye to Rick, which is you know bittersweet, we're sad, but we're so excited to see and to hear about what God's going to do in the next chapter of Rick's life. 
Um, it was just uncanny to me that this is when the taunts come, that, that, that they've come and gone and they come back and we're all sort of knitted <laughs> together. Um, and so I'm just feeling particularly blessed to be a part of all of this. When I see this, as, as Paul gives thanks for these people, he sees, he says, he brings God sort of to, to the witness stand and he says, God will testify with me. And what's the testimony is that Paul says, you know what? I give thanks to about you. I thank him for you and I pray for you unceasingly. And, and so my prayer is that for us, as we develop as a church, as with our missionaries, that we each would just develop relationships that they, that they wouldn't just be pictures that flash on our screen, that we would send an email, that we would write a note, that we would, um, talk with them and encourage them and, and put their pictures on your fridge so that you can be reminded of them so that you can pray for them. And you might not know, like, how in the world do you, you pray for somebody? Well, if you turn with me to Colossians, and this is where we'll end. I'm just going to read it. This is my vow. Is I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to expound upon it. It's going to be hard for me. But here Paul says how he pl- prays for the believers in Colossians. And if you're ever struggling with how you can pray for somebody, just go to Colossians 1, verses 9 through 12. And you can pray what Paul prayed. And it works for anybody. And so we'll read this and then we'll pray and we'll don't forget the chairs. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And Father, we do thank you and praise you, Lord, for first, Lord, for our relationship with you through Christ. We thank you that we are in relationship with you through him, that we are in fellowship. We thank you, Lord, for the dear brothers and sisters that you've brought into our lives. Father, we pray that you would help us, Lord, to see your hand in in the moves, that the people that we've crossed paths with, Lord, from, from Rick and Cheryl Houston to our missionaries that we support, Lord, we pray that you would help us Uh, to keep them in mind, that as we think of them, Lord, that we would lift them up to you. Father, that you would help each of us to be an encouragement with one another, that we would encourage um, and exhort one another, Lord, to know your will, that your will would manifest itself and work itself in our lives, Lord, that we would walk in a manner that's worthy of the calling to which you've called us. We thank you, Lord, and we pray this in Christ's good name. Amen.